Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Only you who believe, hear a lot. And be with those who are true in word and deed. It was not fitting for the people of Medina and the Bedouin Arabs of the neighborhood. There's the word. It was not fitting for the people of Medina and the Bedouin Arabs of the neighborhood to refuse to follow Allah's apostles nor to prefer their own lives to his. We we know our Prophet Muhammad risked his life, praise be to Allah, to deliver Almighty God's word, to deliver Almighty God's message. He was physically assaulted. Matter of fact, as uh, most of us on this line know, that he went to the city of Taif, that's a short distance from Mecca, from the 
sacred environments of Mecca to deliver God's word to the people of Taif in that city. And the leaders, uh, they organized the youth, the, the, their, their youth, to stone him, to stone him out of the city. And it is reported that as he was leaving the city, you could hear the blood squishing in his sandals. He was bleeding so profusely. So our Prophet Muhammad risked his life. He risked his life was in danger. Matter of fact, um, the leaders of Mecca had devised a plot and a plan to kill him, to kill him. And Allah revealed their plot to the Prophet Muhammad. And they had planned to enter his home at night and to slay him in his bed. Uh, praise be to Allah, he was made aware of that. And some of the believers had already fled to, to Medina because the offer was made to them that you can come here and establish your work here. In exchange, would you arbitrate between the cities and the tribes of Medina? His, uh, you know, his character was already known to be an honest and uh, fair arbitrator, an honest and fair man. His reputation preceded him. And upon the second request, he agreed that he would migrate to Medina. But in the interim, the leaders in Mecca, the leaders of the major tribes, they had plotted to kill him in his sleep. And he made he informed Ali, his nephew, of that plot. And the plan was that Ali would occupy the prophet's house and would be in his bed under the covers as the prophet made him and his trusted companion, Abu Bakr, as they made their way stealthily out of the city of Mecca. When the assassins came, they pulled back the covers with, with their swords or, or knives, whatever they had to kill him. They discovered that Ali was there. Ali risked his life. Praise be to Allah. Allah Ali risked, risked his life. Now it says here that we should not prefer our own lives. Over the life of the prophet It says here in the 120th ayah It was not fitting for the people of Medina And the Bedouin Arabs of the neighborhood To refuse to follow Allah Nor to prefer their own lives to his So the prophet risked his life He risked his life And 
Matter of fact, Arabia was nothing but a conglomeration of gangs, very violent, barbaric, uncouth gangs, where they oppressed the weak. Um, and they had no problem in executing death on anyone that opposed them. So this is this was the circumstance that our Prophet Muhammad was facing. You are now in the host queue. And those that were with him, and they, how can I say, they valued the life of the Prophet Muhammad. They placed their own lives in danger, supporting the mission of the Prophet Muhammad. It is not fitting to prefer their own lives to yours. Allah says in this ayat, because nothing could they suffer or do, but was reckoned to their credit as a deed of righteousness. Whether they suffered thirst or fatigue or hunger in the cause of Allah, this is not an easy or time paths to raise the eye of the displeasure struggling of the, of the unbelievers or receive any injury whatsoever from an enemy. For Allah suffereth not the reward to be lost of those who do good. You know, that's an encouragement to Allah. That is where our focus has to be. To that explore the, that, that it is Allah that rewards our good action, our good intent, the idea to please Him. Not that we get accolades from each other, you know, although, alhamdulillah, we acknowledge the good. But the, but the basic thing is to, is to, to, to please Allah. That is where we get our re- re- award from. When Whatever from an inner. For Allah suffers not the reward to be lost of those who do good. Nor could they spend anything. You may have difficulty. Parenthesis for the cause. Small or great. Nor cut across a valley. But the deed is inscribed to their credit. That God may requite their deed. That, that is paying them the reward for their deeds with the best possible reward. Then Nor should the believers all go forth together if a contingent from every expedition remained behind, they should devote themselves to studies in religion and warn and admonish the people when they return to them, that thus they may, they may learn to guard themselves against evil. In the 123rd ayat, section 12, so, of course, the scholars have written the commentary from out of these ayats. All you who believe, fight the unbelievers who gird you who gird you about 
and let them find firmness in you. And know that Allah is with those who fear him. You know, we, I, I, I heard the imam say one, you know, and you, you know I definitely uh, study his addresses and lectures. And he said, when we get serious, when we truly get serious, we will free ourselves from all of this crime and murder that's happened to us. When we get serious. So, and here's Allah with a command. Oh, you who believe. Fight the unbelievers who gird you about and let them find firmness in you. We know in the days of... One of the things that we are looking at we confronted as we look at getting our connection to drug our dealers, one of the things that members, we are looking at is the and they saw firmness in them. Sometimes it's called many of them died up. Many of them refused to even confront us because of the firmness of our conviction. You know. We are to establish community life. And I focus on Medina for the first established community life. But what did it take? What did it take to establish that community life in an environment that was basically groups of gangs, gang warfare? That oppress the weak, that kill the weak, that rob the weak. This is the situation that our beloved Prophet Muhammad was confronted with. As we take a look at Um, the foundation of. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just giving this here. What are we going to do? What are we going? Our neighborhoods are being held hostage. Uh, is there a concern? I'm quite sure there are pockets of concerted effort across this country whereby the gangs are being confronted. And the believer has to be firm. Firm. No one can take your life unless it's Allah's will. Allah controls life and death. They, they have, they're holding our community hostage. Our ch- and the environment that our children are forced to be raised in. What kind of future will we have? Who will? Who will create the proper environment for our neighborhood? You know, that's, well, yes, I'm serious. Now, this isn't a joke. This is serious. Am I still alive? 
Yes, you're live. Oh, and there are others on the line too. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Um, oh, I didn't know if I if I had, I'm just I'm just there to kind of talk to myself. I didn't know what I was. My mic was still open. I wanted to make a comment, but no, I I can just listen. Yes. Well, whenever if you want to share, because what we are addressing you is of important. I want to open up another line, inshallah. Okay. Uh, I, okay, our brother, the late, let me see. Boy, the lines are lighting up. Unmuted. 312-721. alaikum. Yes. <laughs> oh, there she is. Bring me. Here I am. <laughs> That's yes, we had a few lie. technical difficulties today and had to uh, switch some um, some of our um, equipment. But, of course, our loyal listeners are always here with us. And so I'm grateful that you are joining us and having quite a very necessary discussion. Uh, we uh, have chosen on the female solution for the month of February to address the foundations of our love relationships so that we can repair the damage inside ourselves that make us the people that cause problems for other people. (laughs) And so always your insights are, are timely. One of the things that we're looking at today is what is your relationship, what is the relationship between you and the opposite sex parent? And, you know, one of the things that I found in our research is that people who experience conflict in their homes, in their upbringing, with the parent who is of the opposite sex, that has a profound impact on the shaping of their personality, even with issues such as conflict, hostility, violence. So, you know, as you speak about the the history of what happened with people who were going through and being given guidance on proper behavior, the challenge that we face is that behavior really cannot be corrected from the outside in. Even with laws that enforce what is considered civil treatment of others, unless one corrects what is in oneself, the behavior really does not change. It just manifests in a different form, but it's still problematic. So we know that particularly with the uh, the coming of teaching to a society that had, as all societies, a lot of behaviors that were hurtful, uh, even violent, there have been times when even those who were advocates of a transformation in behavior, saw themselves reverting back to the same patterns 
that existed in the culture because this is what shapes us. And this is a challenge that we have in really transforming who we are, understanding what is inside of us that makes us treat others the way we treat them. And are we merely imitating what we experienced in our homes, and are we manifesting the relationship that was influenced in many ways by the opposite sex parents? So this is one of the things we've been exploring as we look at what it really takes to transform behavior. And even though people have received teachings all over the world, that give them guidance, often they are simply not able to fix what's broken in them until they recognize what it is. And it's whatever absence of love that they experienced in their upbringing that makes them repeat the same pattern of behavior toward others. And often it's in It's difficult for them to see it in themselves. Even as they may be strongly religious because they they feel like they're following the religion to the letter of the law, but at the same time, it's not really transforming them because they're not recognizing the deeper patterns that have been set by the pain they received in their childhood, emotional pain. It comes from parents who simply were stuck in a pattern of behavior and couldn't see how it was very unloving and very ungodly. Naima? Uh, you are correct, Naima, in that change, praise be to Allah. You know, you say change does not occur outside. Um, what do we, you know, the, the, the modeling, the demonstration, the, uh, the behavior of those that uh, are under the charge of parents, uh, sometimes what, what the behavior that they witness, that they witness, can spark the, the, a change that must occur inside that must occur inside uh if i see my father uh being very uh very appreciative of his wife of my mother that's something i'm observing with my eyes i'm i'm seeing that and inshallah that there is a, a a chance that something will occur on the inside from what I'm witnessing from the outside. You know, that's why our behavior toward each other is very important in front of our children. We, if there's a disagreement between spouses. We are not to argue in front of our children. We are not to 
to make to uh, let them witness that there's a a uh, how can I say a difference of opinion between both parents. They should. It is the obligation of the of parents that they meet privately, that they discuss that privately outside of the eyes and the hearing of their children so that the children are, how can I, how can I say, there's a degree of safety and security when those that are over you, they are securing you, they are providing you with safety. When they see a breach, a breach in that, a breach in that, then emotionally they feel a loss. They feel a sense of insecurity based upon what has been displayed in front of them, especially coming from both parents. You know, yes, we will have differences. Husbands and wives will have differences. And uh, they can have debate. I, I don't use the word argument because people sometimes associate argument with anger or violence. But that is not the true definition of argue. Argue is to state your point, and I listen. Then I state my point, and you listen. We argue the point. But speaking of what can occur from the outside in, uh, our children are witnessing. They are witnessing a, a lack of security when they see both parents arguing with each other, uh, using language toward each other. Well, you you know you two y'all are supposed to be our guardians, you know, and that does have an emotional effect. On our children, a sense of of, uh, of insecurity, but that's occurring from the outside, and it can affect the inside. What we model, how we behave, our behavior, how we refer to one another, is very important, because Allah has placed them under our charge. You know, sometimes we think that. Taking that maintaining wife and children is just to supply the material need of the the children, but we're also uh, should be aware that Allah has placed within uh, within our within our under our authority a soul. An emotional nature, an emotional nature. And we have to be aware that we have to be the ones that shape and mold and maintain, praise be to Allah, and maintain that emotional nature that Allah has entrusted under our charge. So, so... Change, it can be sparked from the outside 
Yes. Uh, you, you know that that's so important that we we uh, be aware. It's not just the material things that we provide for our yes. children. I'm the, we must can know. I be heard? Yes. Yes, sir. You're, you're, you're yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm Assalamualaikum. Your name, name of Latif, um, Mark Shahid here. And um, what Kareem um, Hamid is saying, I agree 100%, you know, because it, it gets back to the socialization and the culturation uh, of our children. Um, you know, it's not just what it is that we say to them. Uh, that registers with them. So Kareem is uh, 100% right on point. It's also what it is that they actually view it and observe in parenting. This is why it is the first social institution in established for human society in being human, in actually being human, not animalistic and all. And children, are, as you know, uh, those stages that children go through, the formative years, where they go through the impressionable years, where the imprints are being made on our children. And it comes from that first social institution, which is family life. What is it that they see? What is it that's going on in that social development and in the culture that's being established in the family life? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not difficult. It, it really is not. I mean, Kareem really um, gave it very detailed um, because this is how the human being is is actually created. The human being is created to be impressed, uh, impressionable. This is how the Creator has created us to be able to be influenced, and there's a duality. The reality is there's a duality in how our young people can be impressed. But when we see the statistics, the data, depending on where you get it from, when we talk about African Americans in particular, it can be anywhere from 70 to 75 to close to 80% African American children born out of wedlock, meaning they come into a one-parent home. So what Kareem is speaking about, it's not the fault of the child. The legitimacy of the child in terms of the needs and the rights of the children, you understand, to be taken care of more than just the basic, the fundamentals, food, clothing, and shelter. It's much more than that because that child holistically is not only a physical being, but they also, they are a moral being. Where are they going to get morality from, a moral conscience from, if it doesn't come from the family life or from the parenting in the family life? They're emotional beings. How are they going to develop emotional intelligence? They're also a rational being. Where is the rationale, you understand, for thinking and being an intellectual being going to come from? And they are social beings. So the parents are supposed to be modeling for them in terms of uh, how social activity, interaction in the family life is supposed to be. And, yes, they are spiritual beings. And what it is they see and what they hear and see is expecting the, is it affecting the spirit of those children. 
So uh, yes, yeah, it's a combination a combination of all of that. But I was glad to hear Kareem articulate that in detail. Because this is what the problem is, and it's a void. There's a void in the children that are coming up today. They're not getting that. They're not seeing that. And so yeah. it is um, right in society we're seeing what is the void and absence in the first social institution, which is family life. That's why we'll be celebrating our seventh anniversary on Parenting and Family Reconstruction Learning Lab. Invitation has been sent out to you in regards to that because you was the first, as we will say, first responders. <laughs> you first responder. First responders. I'm calling you. I'm calling you out, Naima. Like you was one of the first responders. This is a part of our history. You was one of the first responders because I know how near and dear it is to you, and also Kareem, and all conscious Muslims and, and right-minded people. You don't have to be a Muslim. You just need to be right-minded and use common sense here. You see, so this is very, very important. I, I like the topic that you're going to have uh, for the female solution for the upcoming month. It's very timely. I'll stop there because I could go on and on. So you know this is near and dear to me in that regard. But we can. We got the solution for the pollution. There's no doubt in my mind. We just have to begin to, to go back to square one. Understand that, it's, that a parenting and family is a sacred institution. The creator established. The creator established the sacred institution of family life and the sacred institution of marriage life that is supposed to be the continuation of family life. This is very important. It's in the Quran. Uh, we were just yeah. uh, talking about that before you came in, Kareem, and he was yeah. going back in the life of the prophet. But we bring it to the day. We have to, we have to see it today as being problematic. But we have the solution, and this is why we have to teach this, because it's not being taught in many of these homes today, and especially African American homes. I'll stop there. Always. Well, I, I thank you so much. Uh, I thank you so yeah. much. I look forward to participating in the anniversary program of the marriage and. Uh, uh, family learning labs. Yeah, it's a, the yeah. And that'll exactly. be at the end of this. That'll be thirty first. That'll be next Wednesday. Um, yeah. Ima. So a correspondence has been sent. We haven't heard a response yet, but um, we'd be honored to have you. Your big part of the initiation of that with me here on AM three sixty. So thank you so much. Continue the great work you and Kareem. Continue the great work that you're doing. I'm very supportive. Thank you. Love you. Assalamu alaikum. Well, we love you as well, and you have definitely helped to give instructions for many people who, as you said, didn't have it in their homes. But I want to address the thing that you said regarding the pattern of marriage and why we're seeing the kind of brokenness that exists in our relationships. And sometimes when things break apart, it's because it needs to be rebuilt on a better foundation. Just like if you have a house that's falling apart, a building that's falling apart, and maybe the foundation is cracked, and so it's leaning to one side, and so 
It's always going to be affected by the pull of gravity, and that creates more disruption over time because over time it's leaning even further, parts are falling down, and, and you want to rebuild it. But if you recognize that the reason perhaps why it's leaning, why it's crooked, why it's off balance, is because the foundation needs to be relayed. And that means you have to literally remove the old structure and rebuild the foundation so that when you rebuild the structure, it's on a firm, even foundation, and that foundation can support it. We've had high numbers of people who got married and stayed married in the past. But there's a reason why they didn't produce children who were able to continue in that pattern because often the foundation was crooked. It was cracked. It was unstable. You had people who got together who themselves were broken and and emotionally damaged, and they never addressed the damage inside of them. They merely inflicted upon their partners. And children watched this and came to the conclusion that perhaps a love relationship needs to not have the ties of marriage in case somebody's behavior is so painful you need to leave and the law won't allow you to just leave without legal consequences. So they make the decision that they're going to first try somebody out and see how it works and maybe live together and maybe see what happens if they have a child or two together. And then they discover that there are personality conflicts and so they decide to split. Well, it's it's literally the same thing as the people who get married and divorced because they can no longer stand to be in the same household. But the people who never marry and split up, they feel like they're just removing the legal binds that cost them money to try to end a relationship. The problem is that we never figured out how to fix the brokenness in ourselves, the reason why the relationship broke up in the first place. And our parents never addressed the brokenness inside of themselves. They were just bound by tradition that said, you stay married until death do you part. And they were bound by the social. The fact of the matter is, in that household, they created so much pain because of what was broken inside themselves that their children did not want to re-experience that in their own lives. We have a case of alcoholism and, and other kinds of self-destructive behavior that is at the root of a lot of broken families, but we never address, we might say it's, it's wrong to drink or it's wrong to do drugs because your behavior is altered, because your brain chemistry is altered, but we never address the underlying pain that the person is seeking to escape the reason why they're, they're using a chemical substance. What is it that has hurt you? And usually it's that childhood experience that you never talked about or never addressed or never faced current behavior. Uh, you were saying, Green? Yes. Uh, we 
you know, I know of no other people that have as their leaders uh, entertainers. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have culture is very, very influential. Culture is very important. And we have been given a culture that gnaws away at the foundation of having strong family life, strong neighborhood, um, the culture that influences one to just be, you know, what can I get uh, to, yeah, to be irresponsible, to just have sex with no spirituality, with no commitment, just satisfy the appetite of lust. Uh, and our children, they are inundated with what is being expressed in the culture. Uh, they will refer to as an example or someone to quote, they will refer to a rapper or some star, you know, from out of media, from out of media. And that, that, uh, that is gnawing, no, it has gnawed away at the foundation of us being able to establish our lives. Uh, so it requires, you, you know, I heard people say, well, they, they be playing their music and I just, I don't bother them. But you're their parent. We should never surrender. We should never back up. Sometimes silence is an indication of agreement. Uh, what is being played in, into the ears and the minds of us and our children goes against, goes against establishing a firm foundation. I don't care what P.I. says. I don't care what Cat Williams says. What does Almighty God say? You, you know, we have a lot. To straighten out, but it takes courage on our part. We have to let them find firmness in you. You will not play that in this in our home. You will not play that in our, in our home. Oh, just let them go. Just let them be. Just let them go. They're teenagers now, which is an artificial construct. The idea of being a teenager is that well, look, lighten up. Just let them just have their fun. But what is the result of that? You don't surrender your post. You don't leave your post as parent. You, you, you know, so we have to, to become more firm in our parenting. We want our children to just like us. Well, as Imam Fahim have coined this phrase, that adolescence, is an adult with less sense. 
We have to stand our ground. We have to. Because we we are we're so far behind. We're so far behind. Look at our community. Who who will stand their ground? No, you will not play that in here. We we have to do we never stop being parents. Never. Whether the result is not up to us, the result is not up to us. But just speak a word to the right and don't let, let them find firmness and steadfastness in you. You know, that, that we, we have given up precious territory to those that oppress the human being. We yes. just acquiesce. Uh, so it's not our children's fault. It's our fault for surrendering and turning over the minds of our children to people that really don't care nothing about, nor us. We have to let, our, as, our, as I just read, Allah says, let the enemy, let them find See firmness in you, not mealy mouth. Firmness in you. Now, I have heard people say, "Now you know, Daddy don't want that in here." Ah, uh-uh, ah, uh-uh. ah. You know his position. I'm, I'm just saying, we we have given up our sacred role. It's a sacred role as parents. We want our children to. To we want to to somewhat be their friend, to be their friend. But there's a higher designation that we must hold to. And that is to be their parent. We have to do that. No one is going to come to rescue us. <laughs> That's those of us that we need. Yes, go go ahead. I'll stop right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that, no. that, that, that's for sure. There is no there is no one coming to fix the mess we've made. I want to address <laughs> the thing that you said about uh, the firmness in parenting, because you know I've had this I've had this argument with a few of my companions that have a different philosophy on parenting than the one with which I raised my child and the one that I observed actually works in terms of producing the kind of behavior that you're describing as, you know, a child that is not drawn to self-destructive behaviors of those who just happen to be famous because they're in entertainment or sports or whatever the case may be. That the problem is that we're not we're not giving our children enough spankings. We're not beating them enough. We're not being firm in the sense of the belief that firmness means you enforce your will, and if they don't comply, you cause them physical pain. And that is often the belief that comes out of a misunderstanding, even of how our Creator goes about in shaping us and molding us to be the person that is kind and loving. And while religions and religious people might paint a picture of the creator as this enforcer of pain if you don't comply, 
what really transforms people when they have an experience in the presence of our Creator is the love, the power of love. And everyone who has had a transformative spiritual experience will describe it as a great love that comes to them from the Creator that transforms them from the inside and causes them to desire to emanate that in themselves as opposed to a fear of the infliction of pain. Whether a person has had a, 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 a transformative experience as a Muslim or a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu or whatever religious faith you have followed, you as a soul became transformed because you were in the presence of the divine. And it reconnected you to your source of life, which is a loving source, a benevolent source, a source that desires the best for you. And you have felt that. And that is what inspired you to take your behavior. We're believing that if we force someone to follow some rules, and cause them pain, then they're going to follow the rules out of fear. But that does not work. As a matter of fact, one of our, our hosts always said, Mama D always says, we have to love souls into shape and not put them into shape. Otherwise, they'll be bent out of shape. And this is what we're seeing. People who have been bent out of shape because parents who themselves were not the embodiment of love in their behavior and treatment of the children want to then beat the children into shape beat them into submission, beat them into following rules that they themselves are violating. And you, of course, know this. You've got parents that are are unkind, rude, inconsiderate, insensitive, and the child doesn't feel love. And so eventually they rebel from that kind of treatment, and they observe in the household parents talking rudely to each other, parents causing pain to each other physically and emotionally. They see that. So parents who are in that state, they cannot shape a child in a loving way because they're not using love. They don't know what love looks like or feels like because they didn't receive it. What they may have received is harsh treatment and punishment, but they did not receive love, which means sensitivity to your well-being, your feelings, your opinions. How can you have a child feel love if you raise them in an environment that says, your feelings don't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. Shut up and do as you're told. Instead of me yes. seeking to understand and empathize with you and help guide yes. you, I'm reprimanding you and punishing you if you don't bend to my will. Instead of giving you understanding and shaping you in the foundation of love and support and unconditional yes. Naima, what you are saying is not we, we are we are not on the plane of physical assault. Oh, uh, that, 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 that's not what, what this, oh. you know for real. But I'm talking about all you who be believe, not the uncivilized, barbaric behavior uh, and display of those that uh, do not believe. Almighty God says to us, 
All right, all right. When we give the good instruction, here is what Allah says in the Surah Tayyaba, repentance. Oh, you who believe, fight the unbelievers who gird you about and let them find firmness in you. In other words, we shouldn't compromise or water down what we know is the best advice to our children and know that God is with those who fear him. Whenever, now, here's the most important part. Whenever there comes down a surah, in other words, guidance, some of them say to each other, which of you have had his faith increased by it? Yeah. Those who believe, their faith is increased, and they do rejoice. But those in whose hearts is a disease, it will add doubt to their doubt, and they will die in a state of unbelief. See they not that they are tried every year once or twice, yet they turn not in repentance, and they take no heed. Whenever there comes down a surah, they look at each other, saying, does anyone see you? Then they turn aside. God has turned their hearts from the light, for they are people that understand not. Now has come unto you an apostle from amongst yourselves. It grieves him that you should perish ordinate. Ordinately anxious is he over you. To the believers is he most kind and merciful. Our Prophet Muhammad, surely Allah, may Allah bless the commentary. So that fondness that we're speaking of, it's not a threat of physical assault. It's not. Fondness means holding to those principles that establish human life, not compromising, not watering it down. Hold firm to those principles that establishes a well-rounded, well-mature, productive human being. That's the firmness. When we say firm, I don't mean you walk in and beat somebody. Now you are really injuring that <laughs> child because, because they think, oh, oh, all right. So that's how I should respond to that which displeases me. That's why we see so much uh, assault and murder among human beings now because that is what has been displayed to them. But we can make this change beginning right now, right now. So let me ask this there question. There are certain things that, mm-hmm. What does love I mean, be? feel like? And can a child feel love from their parents mm-hmm. from the foundation of their entering that family, that household? And what does it feel like and what does it sound like coming from yes. your parents? What does it feel like? Yes. Do any of you all like yes. to describe what does love feel like? Yeah. 
Naima, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, that's an excellent question. You know, it's so ironic that on the courtship and marriage, uh, I'm uh, doing the what is called the true love recipe, um, organic, natural ingredients that are called qualities and characteristics that's in true love, uh, no artificial colors or flavors, and the preservatives are natural preservatives to sustain and maintain true love in the sacred institution of marriage. But uh, many of those qualities and characteristics, you know, are also in the sacred institution of family life. And uh, I'm understanding what it is that you're saying. I'm understanding what it is that Kareem is saying. I'm glad he came back <clears throat> and made sure that that was clear to the radio listening audience in terms of firmness, because firmness does have a place in terms of parenting in terms of principles and values. However, uh, to your point, which is really very, very valuable, the question has to be asked with a qualifier in front of love, true love, because <laughs> when you poll people, they give you all kinds of answers into love. I love you. I love you more. I love you more than more. And, and all of this, and it's just empty. There's no substantive value. So God says also, that he will put the love and the compassion in your heart. Um, so before you came on, I had referenced um, Surah Fakan in the, uh, the 25th uh, chapter of the Quran in the 54th verse. Um, this true love embodies many things. Uh, I'm doing it from A to Z, 26 letters in the alphabet. Let me ask you this, things, Mark. Let me ask you this. Yes, ma'am. What does love feel like? If you had to describe a feeling of love, what does it okay, feel me, like to you to okay, be loved? Okay, it feels, okay, this is how it feels like. It, it should feel like. It should feel like from parent-child relationship, how a child should feel. As a parent being related to a child, it should feel like a connectedness. It should feel like an acceptance. It should feel like uh, fostering or nurturing um, uh, that's coming from that parent. And that's actually in the acronym CAN, where all children, whether they're male or female, they feel a sense of connectedness. They feel a sense of acceptance. And they also feel a nurturing and experience in a nurturing environment. If it's if it's not that, they have, uh, and if they're not experiencing that, they have a, a sense of feel of abandonment. If it's not accept, they have a, a feel of rejection. Absolutely. And if it's not nurturing, they have a feel of abuse, and abuse can be on yeah. different levels. Yeah. And so when we when we understand that as parents, and this is why I ask that we need to have, and you know it only too well, Naima Latif, because you uh, was my co-host for a couple of years, in terms no. of what it is that we have to actually um, cultivate in that relationship as that child has to experience love in, in that and uh, those ways. Uh, because what we are seeing today we're seeing children that don't feel loved uh, and, and seeking right. attention and seeking yeah, yeah. affection. But, 
they're seeking appreciation and validation. They're seeking that. They're seeking it in the wrong way, but they never got it in the correct way. <laughs> you see? So we, we have to understand that. I take a quick break, Brother Mark, but you basically hit the nail on the head, you know, and that's what yes. you're, seeing. you're seeing in our children is what they experience. They're giving us what was given to them. And we might that's think right. we gave them love, but we gave them pain, yes. and pain does not, love does not hurt. Pain cannot manifest in a way that's helpful. So whether we give them emotional, physical pain, and, or both, because we think that's love because that's what was given to us, that does not have a spiritually transformative impact. That's right. That's and so right. we'll talk about that when we come back. We gotta take a we gotta take a quick break and we got we got a couple callers on the line. <laughs> so we'll take some callers. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, five one five six zero five nine eight nine one. It's connected to our American Muslim three sixty family or five one five six zero five nine three two five. Uh, on the female solution. And you can also call into the on air radio network at 727-731-5192. Unmuted. And right back after this quick break. So we want you to stick and say, don't stray away, as our brother says. We'll be right back after this brief message. So just stay with us. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago Branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com.
<laughs> Alrighty. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. much 
visually seen as a strong partnership. And that had a, I think, very positive impact for women understanding that your strength, your professionalism, your ability to function both inside and outside of the home in no way diminishes a man's masculinity or his intelligence or respect by other people. So you can be a whole person and be a whole person in a partnership and strengthen the partnership. The the suppression of women's personality is unhealthy. And it's destructive. It says you as a person are not valuable. You're not as valuable as I am. That model of behavior is something that children see in the household. They see if <laughs> see if one parent is not respecting another. They see if another parent is putting another parent in fear of, of, of physical or emotional pain. They see that. And they feel that. And that doesn't feel like love, nurturing, safety, security, all those things that, that, you know, our brother talked about. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like fear. And they don't want to live in fear or they're going to inflict fear on other people. So that relationship between the parents, if it's not reflecting love, if it's not reflecting mutual respect, it's going to impact the children and how they feel. And so that's one of the things culturally. Correct, but if people haven't corrected it in themselves, they will continue that pattern of mistreatment of someone, even when they have teachings that tell them that is incorrect. You know, Naima? Yes, yes. In the... Marriage uh, chutzpah or the, the marriage uh, ceremony. Uh, we were advised to live as if between the husband and the bride. To live as if you are the only two people on earth. <laughs> And it is your responsibility to grow civilization or establish uh, establish human beings on the earth. Uh, a question was asked last night on the courtship and marriage. Uh, this brother called in and he asked, what does that mean to act as if you are the only two people on earth. Well, it's alluding to that my survival is tied to your survival. Yes. Your survival is tied to my survival. Yes. So that's how we should treat one another. I wouldn't do anything to harm you because I'm harming myself. Yes. I'm threatening my own survival. So yes. I want the best for you. You know, I, I want the best for you because I am inextricably connected to you. My peace is tied to your peace. 
My security is tied to your security, my happiness, all of that, as if you are the only two people on earth. It should be a bond that is just that tight. Now, in relationship to our children, you know, the result is not ours. Let me say that. We can give the best advice, but the result is not up to us. Um, I'm going to share from the Quran once more. Mm-hmm. This is in, in relationship to the Prophet Muhammad, and we pray the prayers and the peace upon him. We know he, he loved He loved the companions. He loved the members of the community. He loved all of mankind. Now, here in the 128th verse or ayat in the Surah Tayyaba, repentance, God says to him and to us through him, now has come unto you an apostle from amongst yourselves. Now, here's where we come in at. It grieves him that you should perish. Ordinately anxious is he over you. To the believers is he most kind and merciful. But if, but if they turn away, say, God is sufficient for me. There is no God Amen. but Amen. And Amen. on him is my trust. He, the Lord of the throne of glory, supreme. Amen. So May I ask is, a question, please? That is our position. Yes. And, and, uh, and let me take a couple of callers also, uh, because one of the things that we observe. Mark, your book is open. Let me take a caller uh, okay. so we can get some okay. responses. From what we heard, uh, area code one 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 one. Please give us your name and where you're calling from, and your question or comment on our topic today. Hello, hello. My name is Fred. How yes. are you, Fred? Um, Thank first, you for Fred. First of all, I want to tell you that I absolutely hello, love your show. Hello, hello, sir. And you are very uh, inspiring. And um, I feel like by the grace of God, I needed an answer. And today I went through the uh, Block Talk Radio, and uh, I came across your show, and it says relationships with parents. Is that correct? Mm. Is that today's topic? Yeah, absolutely. And yes. It, and and God, God works in mysterious ways because that's exactly the situation I'm in. And I just heard that gentleman. Is, is he a pastor or a, a preacher? Uh, yes, he's an imam. Uh, uh, Kareem, yes. I'm a believer that? in God. That's that's pious. Well, you are a beautiful. <laughs> you you also you are also a messenger of God because your words have enlightened me, and I think you know God works in mysterious ways. So let me get down to my relationship with my parents, and I need your help desperately, and I I feel this is the answer. So my dad already I'm knows. Give us your that name again. I'm I, sorry. Give, give us your name again. Fred. My name is Fred. Fred. Okay, I'm going to put it up on the screen here. Okay. All I'm right, from Baltimore, you, Maryland. From Baltimore. All right. Thank yes, you for ma'am. calling in. All right, so, okay, so my, question, my, my, 
What's that? And so tell us what you were going to say about your, your parents. Yes, my, my, my relationship with my parents, and I need your help. Uh, hopefully the gentleman can understand me. Uh, my dad already knows, and this took a long time. We had a difficult relationship, but my dad already knows that I'm, I'm gay. Um, and that was difficult for me to get that across to him. And he was fine with me being gay, but in some odd way, he envisions me as not completely being gay. Like, in other words, I don't know how to put this, but he <laughs> says, like, how do I, as far as making love, he says, where, where do I, am I the man or the woman? And I said, I'm the man. And that made my dad feel better. And my dad, you know, He's had a tough time coming to grips with this, but now he tells his friends, my son is gay, but he plays the role of the man in the relationship, which I find to be odd, but here's my dilemma. I'm really more, I would say, I'm just gay, and I'm not the man, I'm not, I'm not the woman, but I'm gay, and I, I am also a receiver of my, of my lover, my male lover. So I also give up my love to him, my private area to him. So in a so, way my so dad would when, envision What is your what is your comment? My dad would envision me as the woman. Accepted you for who you are? He accepted me but he didn't accept me in in the gay community they call it top and bottom. So the top would be the man, the bottom would be the woman, thus taking the bottom, giving up the bottom so so to speak. And now I my I mean, father is on the top let me let me address your your issue that you raised because fathers look at their sons as reflections of them and it's a challenge to a man if his son expresses himself as one that is attracted to males because fathers will often respond internally with where did I go wrong? My son is not reflecting me as a masculine man. So they see it as a challenge to their masculinity. So for your father, he equated your role in the relationship as a reflection of his own masculinity. And that's why he felt, well, as long as you're playing the male role, then that makes me feel like I influenced you in a masculine way, even though you're having relations with another man. But if you're playing the feminine role in the intimate relationship, he's feeling like that reflects negatively on his masculinity. What, what did I do? How did my son not see manhood through me? He's, he's seeing it as all about himself. And one of the things, Fred, that we're teaching in our Parenting with Peace class, is for parents, first of all, to realize your children are souls coming through you. They are not you. They are souls coming through you to be loved and guided by you, and they're going to be influenced by you. But if you have any kind of wounded ego issue, you're going to inflict that on your child. And so what a parent first has to do is realize what they feel about themselves. If you don't have a healthy feeling about yourself, then you cannot accept your child for whatever they are, understanding that they are a soul coming through you for an experience on this earth. 
and they are to be loved by you unconditionally. So you, of course, are a challenge for your father to understand unconditional love, not I love my son if he's a masculine man in my idea of what masculinity is, but I love my son because he's a soul that is an expression of God, and he is perfect as he is, however he expresses himself. That's a big challenge for people who do not understand that we are first souls having a spiritual experience inside a physical body. And the physical body that we're in does not define who we are. It's a vehicle that allows us to express emotion. That's a big step for people who have condemnatory feelings about sexuality. But in this next generation, stand what it means to be a spiritual being and to express the love of the creator, which is unconditional. And that's the safety and security that a parent has to provide in that household so that a child feels safe and not fearful of either condemnation or punishment from a parent who looks at a child as reflecting them. So just like if if a child comes home with with, uh, poor grades in school and the parents feel like they need to beat them, you didn't try hard enough, I'm going to beat you because you got an F instead of an A or whatever. Why? Why are you believing that this child and their performance reflects you? And you have to beat them. Well, it's because you don't feel good about yourself as a, as a parent. Maybe you feel like this child's poor report card reflects on your intelligence. And out of fear that what they're reflecting makes you feel bad about yourself, you're going to hit them. But what you're really doing is hitting yourself. Like Kareem was talking about, you are a reflection of me. I am a reflection of you. My my survival depends on you. Your survival depends on me. When, when two parents treat each other that way, then there is no there is no pain inflicted on someone because of who they are. You're understanding that love is unconditional. And that is the environment in which we must raise our children so that however this soul is, whether we understand it or agree with it or not, we give them unconditional love. It's difficult for a parent if they have a belief system that says, if you're not what I think you should be, I should cause you pain. So this is a lesson for you to understand that whatever you're expressing to others has to be an expression of unconditional love, whether they understand you or agree with you or not, because that's what we're here to learn how to do. So we thank you for calling, and I'm going to open the mic for 872-731. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment. Um, my name is Rashid Ali, calling from Chicago. My comment is that um, um, that the intelligent person is one who remembers and, and lives by Takwa, 
and that's the fear of a lot, you know. Uh, and my belief, I believe in Takwa, um, fear of Allah, fear of what he and his great leaders have um, brought forward for us to discipline ourselves and our children. However, um, in this supply, in this um, world, among mankind, um, we have other uh, falsified fears um, that man uh, imposes on us. Now, to reprimand your child and you do it as an, an intelligent person, you would put fear of the creator. And you also have fear of doing right or wrong because of the creator's commandment. That's why we don't have um, in most of our communities that discipline and compliance. Anything that we do on this earth, there's a rule of law and a rule of compliance. If we don't comply with the state rules of law or the federal rules of law or other rules of law, employment, uh, uh, compliance, and et cetera, you will definitely have fear because there's the precautions for not having a uh, taqwa in your life. That's I believe. And to have that and reprimand your child correctly and, and caution your child and put the fear in him if, or her if she does not or he does not do the right thing, there's no wrong to it. But a person who does not have that understanding and that level of intelligence, in my opinion, they create the problem. Like, for example, mm. in, in, in the black community, um, because we were having so many babies without fathers because of a dictate, our children had become un, unruly and undisciplined. So we have to, you know, tap them. Not hit, I never hit my child in my life. I married a Muslim. He hit my son. My son ran away at 15, got his own house and everything else. But then he understood, too, that you have to, you know, respect the authority. And Allah is the authority, one of them. And if a parent raises a child to have that fear of not doing the right thing, then they would not impose it on other people. They think it's natural in in, in, in impoverished areas, especially here on the south side, to kill. They think it's fine. It's normal. The parents accept it. The children are doing it. The grown people are doing it. But when the the people who make the law says, you know, uh, overpopulation of the earth, let's kill all of y'all, let's abort. And it wasn't just for them to abort because they're having more babies. But for the ones that they've been that been dependent on them, it became a rule of law, abort, you know, process of elimination. And that's worse than reprimanding. And you definitely have been complying. A lot of people are complying. They, they're even going against the grain of nature, in my opinion. By having um, where they can't reproduce. On the uh, we're running out of time on the American okay. Muslim 360 channel. 
Um, okay. You raised an issue which we're going to be talking about extensively, and that is fear. Because fear and love is not the same thing. You don't fear someone no, that you to love from because fear means you believe they're going to cause you pain. That means you don't trust them. Not and necessarily. This is, this I don't is, agree with this that. This is a skill that you're always cause you pain. Pain might cause you fear, and fear pain might, might, might give you more fear. But uh, it's, it's not necessarily true that fear causes you pain. No. Fear can cause you awakening. If you fear a, a lot, an intelligent person who fears a lot by abiding by his rules, it won't cause him pain. But not to fear him will cause him pain. I believe like that. So my understanding no, is I, that, that I, is I understand that. I understand that belief, and that's what we are addressing in a very uh, – detailed way on our Parenting with Peace class because when you give guidance and understanding and empathy, the way Kareem talked about understanding that you are connected to this person, you are part of them, they're a part of you, you don't need to cause pain or fear because when you have understanding then your compliance with rules is not out of fear of pain, but out of a desire to do no harm to others. When that is inside of you, then you are self-governing, self-managed, self-controlling, because you desire to do no harm. So the desire to do no harm is what has to be instilled in the child so that they willingly comply, not out of fear of punishment or pain, but out of love for the right. other, who have no desire to hurt another. That is what our creator uses to transform life, not out of fear, but out of love, because we understand yes. that we're all connected. Yes. So I believe, I don't know, Kareem, I don't know if you've got a moment to give a thought, because I know that, uh, I don't know if you have another program coming on after this one, and I see our time has... We have ran out of time, but I just want to share this with you, and it is from the Quran, from the words of he who created us. Now has come unto you an apostle from amongst yourselves. Now, here is where we come in at. The parents, it grieves him that you should perish. Ordinately anxious is he over you. To the believers is he most kind and merciful. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that. To the believers is he most kind and merciful. But if they turn away, this is me. Just say to yourself, God is sufficient for me. There is no God but he. On him is my trust. He, the Lord of the throne of glory supreme. So praise be to Allah. This is the price we pay for being parents. You can hate the sin, but don't hate the sinner. And that is what I, 
unconditional love is about. You love someone even as they're going through the process of growth and development and making mistakes. But you give guidance with your own example and always compassion and always love. It's not easy, but you are able to do it when you experience it as the love from the creator, which is unconditional, even when we make errors in our own judgment. So can we have that same compassion toward our children? Yes, we can. Can we demonstrate that kind of love and compassion with our spouses, with the other parents, so that our child can see what love looks like and they can experience what love feels like? And when we can do that, then we can lay the right foundation for a love relationship that will expand and involve and influence all of those whose lives we touch. So this is our task to understand what love is and to express it and to demonstrate it and to use it as the guiding force that helps our children become the best version of themselves. And to live fearlessly because love does not hurt. Naima, did you say next? Naima, did you say next month the whole of the uh, the female solution is going to be devoted to that, uh, this topic? Because you know there's so much more to say in regards to this. This this has been excellent. Uh, Definitely. And it's various expressions. Our, our goal always, especially in our Wednesday show, is to repair the broken families, to repair what's inside of us that's broken that keeps us from being able to form love relationships that work. And so much of, of our absence of love is the belief and condemnation of people who make errors rather than giving them guidance and understanding. Because everybody's life path is different. Everybody's going through what they're going through for their own soul's evolution. We're not meant to be the same, but we are meant to have the same regard of our feelings, our our aspirations, and we are meant to receive unconditional love, even though we may be misunderstood or may misunderstand. We have to feel in our own are safe from, from being caused pain. So that means our parents have to know what love feels like so that they can show our children what it feels like. And they can't know if they're believing love requires the infliction of pain. It does not. It does not. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. And we thank you all for joining us on this Wednesday. Join us tomorrow as we return and shop with Zoe and let some of our comments and thank you, our dear sister Zelda. Great show as always. She says be sure and join us for Betty Shabazz Youth Podcast Training today from 2 to 2.15 Central Standard Time. Go to YouTube.com slash Higher Learning TV Show And we are giving youth a voice so that they may be heard.
all around the world. And we need to sometimes learn from them so that we can be a better reflection for them. Uh, I'm Naima Latif. I want to thank our co-host, Kareem Hamid, our American Muslim 360 family, and all of our callers who joined us today. We thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow and the rest of the week. And until that time, we want you to continue to shine your light. to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias, Italy, grazie, Egypt, shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.